What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And today we are back with our best bets for the week in the world of mixed martial arts. There's two pretty good cards on this weekend that I'm going to concentrate on here. There are a few more other cards around the place, but uh, I'm going to concentrate on uh, the UFC card. And I have a, a couple of bets from KSW as well, because I only did my preview show, uh, saw that there's at least one bet that I really, really liked at a price I really, really, really liked there. So I had to give that as one of my bets for the week. But we're going to start off with a UFC bet. Going to look at the two KSW bets. And then we have two UFC bets to finish it out with. Before we get to all of that, though, let's look back at last week. And um, last week was, um, was a great week. It's one of the best weeks we've had in a while. We were on kind of a bad run, as we all know. But it turned around last week brilliantly. So we went um, three out of four on the bets, which is fantastic. And even the losing bets, which we get to in a second, was kind of, you know, it was half a loss, really, more than anything else. Plus the flyer one. So we'll get to the first three bets first. Then we'll, we'll get to the flyer. Uh, bet one was the main event to go over three and a half rounds at minus 138. Obviously, it did. Sean Strickland got the win there. And I, I said it like, oh, even if Strickland wins, we're going to win the bet. And then we did. So I don't think there were many people who gave out winning bets on that. But I gave you out one. So there you go. Uh, I gave you Tyson Pedro at plus 100. And if you saw me on Twitter, I actually saw the, the price to win via knockout. That was I, I actually bet on that myself at, for the knockout. And I got... I got over plus 300 It was about plus 310 Plus 320 maybe Great price to get the knockout uh, Which he did I think I called that one straight uh, Properly last week I think it was You know A relatively easy fight to call Which we don't get many of These days uh, The one that didn't hit Was Albrook to win by TKO KO At minus 134 He won by decision, he won by submission, but he didn't didn't win by knockout, so we got that one wrong, although he almost did a couple of times throughout it. You know, we were looking for a bit of a better price there because he wasn't a big price to win the fight uh, straight up, so we'll we'll take the loss on that one, knowing it was, you know, a steady enough bet. And then we had minus 195, not the great price in the world, but Malarkey and McDessie goes to a decision that hit as well. So, you know, if you put the three of them together, you would have got a nice ACA there. But the big one was the flyer. I know we kind of, we kind of, I, I threw in a double fire last week. I threw in Felipe de Santos. We're going to ignore that, right? We're going to ignore that. That didn't happen. He gave a good account of himself, and I, t- I told you he would, but he ended up losing. We're just going to keep it to our five bets, and we'll just ignore that the sixth bet might have been loosely thrown in there towards the end of last week. That never happened. Um, Volkov by submission. Plus 1,400 flyer hits. What a bet. What a bet. We're back. We're back hitting the flyers. Uh, so absolutely delighted with that one. Um, and it kind of went the way I thought it would go. Like, I thought Volkov would win on the feed. I thought Tuivasa would make him uh, or show him a bit of trouble. And then he would take him down. Now, he didn't necessarily take him down. The fight kind of just got to the ground more than anything else. But he did end up submitting him with an Ezekiel choke, which was uh, absolutely fantastic. So there you go. Uh, as I said, three out of four, the flyer hit. Um, um, so that was last week. And then overall, we have 61 of 126, which is, you know, getting close to that 50% mark, which I was looking for. And I'm not betting, you know, I'm betting mostly good prices there. And last week, you know, there was one runner around the, you know, minus 195, which is big, but I usually bet, you know, plus money or close enough to it. And then the flyers, which. 
I'm actually astonished by 12 out of 32. Like, there's been a lot of plus 700s, plus 500 and stuff thrown in there, and a plus 1400 as well. I'll tell you, if you're putting a fiver on them every week, you'll have a lot of money made this year. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So, that is, uh, that is pretty good, and I'm happy enough with that. I'm going to restart at the end of the year, and I'm going to, you know, call off my... Uh, I think I will anyway. Maybe I shouldn't. Let me know in the comment section. What I should. should I just continue my... Um, my record and keep it as a record and go like you know into the hundreds and thousands but i don't know maybe you should do that maybe i should keep a yearly record but um yeah i'd be happy uh at the end of the year to have uh 12 uh if you'd asked me to start the year 12 flyers i would have been bit your hand off for that so i'll take that as we uh as we're in the middle of september here right let's get to next week and uh it's funny i've done a lot of, of tape watching for uh at least four of these fights anyway. One one of them is more a feel, and that's the flyer. But I I think this is, you know, a very a pretty good card coming up in the UFC. The the KSW one is pretty good too, uh, with some very good fights. But I, I have a few I have a few relatively strong feelings in a few close fights. So when that happens, it's either very good or very bad. So let's get into it. Bet number one. I am going for Tracy Cortez to win. Uh, straight up and this price this price has moved from yesterday when i was looking at it it is i adjusted it once already in my notes it's now moved again today so her price is getting bigger and bigger all the time it was let me just make sure now i'm giving you the right info here yes it was plus 131 yesterday um that was the furthest that went out Came into 130, came into 120 when I was looking at it this morning, and now she's all the way in to minus 110. So this has turned into now an even fight, and it makes me want to pick her more. I was picking her at minus one, what was I picking her? Minus 130. I was definitely putting her in this morning at minus 120 anyway. Um, I really like this fight for Tracy Cortez against Yasmin Nazdevicius. Um, I went back and I watched her all of her last fight, all of Nazdevicius's last fight. And if you look at the two of them, I think it nearly sums up this fight, right? Because um, in both of those fights, they met opponents like they're meeting this weekend. So Cortez uh, met someone like Jazz Davisius, uh, and that was uh, Melissa Gatto, and Jazz Davisius met someone like Cortez, and that was Miranda Maverick. Now, I think both of them are better versions of them two. So let me let me say that. Much better, I would say. Uh, but you could kind of see what happened, right? So what happened? Jezevicius, and I hope I'm pronouncing that name right, Jezevicius, uh, is a very good, well-rounded fighter who tries to put under pressure. Uh, if the takedown is there, she go for takedown. If a jab is there, she go for the jab. If a combination is there, she, she does the right things all the time. She's... Do you know what I would put her down as? She's a very intelligent fighter, right? Really, really intelligent. And she uses kind of, you know, she's tall and she uses that size uh, well. And uh, I just, I, I don't think she's like the most athletic. Now, I think in terms of strength and size athletic, but maybe not in terms of, of speed and what we would maybe judge normal athleticism if you're looking at NFL athleticism or something like that. I don't think she's the most athletic, especially if you put her maybe up against Cortez. But... I think she uses what she has very, very, very well. Um, but what she showed in that fight against Maverick and what she showed a, a few times previous that is 
and you know the obviously Natalia Silva she lost that and she lost it back in the day to Lee Street but I I think the wins around there are not at the level of Cortez's like his Cortez, Cortez was ranked anyway let me just I'll, I'll check here she's still ranked but you know she's been out for, for a while now so so maybe she uh she isn't there anymore I believe no she is she's ranked number 14 still yeah so you know that that level is you know, the Jezevicius is not ranked yet. So going up to that level is going to be a little bit different, obviously. So it's not that she can't do it, but she hasn't done it yet, let's say. Um, I think that athletic uh, advantage for Tracy Cortez is going to be big here because Jezevicius's ability to kind of control a fight with her intelligence and her size and her jab and her very good technique can sometimes be beaten by someone who can just go in and take you down. I'm going to be faster than you, and I'm going to be, you know, I, I, I'll put the word stronger there, but stronger in a certain way than you. I'm going to be able to get a lower center of gravity than you and take you down, put you in a place that you can't put me type of thing. I think that's going to be an issue and has been in the past for Jez Vicious in ways, right? You look at Cortez and what she did to Melissa Gallo, that's exactly what she did. And, you know, looking at the Jazavicious fight, I was thinking that, and I was like, well, you know, let's go back and watch Cortez and let's see is this what she does. And it is what she does, you know. So it's it's almost, it's almost they line this up, right? Jazavicious, you win this fight, you've kind of proven that you can get past that. And for Cortez, right, this is kind of a winnable fight for you coming back off of over a year out, you know, 16 months out. So it's a big test for Jazavicious, but a winnable fight, as I said, for... Uh, for Cortez, I think she's going to get that takedown. I th- look, Maverick got a few takedowns. She wasn't good enough to get on top in a lot of them. She wasn't good enough to stay on top in a lot of them. Jadzavicius did a good job of um, uh, of moving when it hit the ground and not allowing herself to get in the bottom. But I think against Cortez, it's going to be a different animal in there because she's going to start from a better position. Um, and that's to me, is the win and losing of the fight. I think Cortez's uh, movement is better on the feet as well. She's very good at fighting a long range outside and then coming in. So if you're against Jazz Vicious and she has that range uh, against you, she has the jab and she has her long shots, all you need to do is stay all the way out or get all the way in. And, where, you know, what she's going to do getting all the way in is going to get in with the takedowns. We'll talk more in, in a minute about uh, Alexa Grasso because I feel like a similar thing is, is maybe at play there. But... Um, yeah, I really like Cortez here. I think these takedowns are going to be enough. I think she's going to get on top, and I think she's going to win that fight. And, you know, maybe the way that betting is going, I would hold off. Maybe by the time this video comes out, she could be plus money. So I would probably be, if it got to plus 100, got to plus 110, I would I would definitely be betting on it at that. But I like it at, plus, uh, at minus 110. So um, that's where we have it right now, but you will see the updated odds on screen. Right, bet number two. Um, ben number two I'm jumping over to uh, KSW And I am going for uh, Mikhail Michalak um, In his fight And this like this to me is um, He's fighting Dominic Humberger And if you've listened to the um, The preview show You'll already have heard me talking about this But uh, we will uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more anyway Um it is uh, plus one seven five, and that's the reason I'm giving it. I think this price is is really really good. Um, it's a fight between a guy who has fifteen fights in his career and is ten and five against a guy who's seven and zero, oh, a very good fighter, but somewhat untested, I suppose. Um, Michelak is more like the quick 
twitch athlete and Humberg is like the cardio guy with, with good power who will keep going, who will fight at a steady pace for three rounds, five rounds, whatever you want him to do. He's the type of guy who could fight 10 rounds at the pace he fights, but it's a very kind of, <clears throat> it's probably not a dangerous pace to a, a professional MMA fighter over one minute or over two minutes, but over seven, eight, nine, ten minutes when they're trying to fight at a higher pace, it's very dangerous. So this fight goes longer. I do think it's Humberger's fight to win. But I think Michalak early... Or Michalski, sorry, I I, I mix him up with uh, Freddie Michalak, you know the the the, the player. Uh, we we we'll go with Michal, Michal, we we'll go with Michal. Um, he, he actually reminds me of another Michal, Michal Matarla. He is again a very good athlete, lovely leg kicks. He has like that stretch uppercut. He does get caught a bit. Now would be the one issue. Like, <clears throat> I think if he gets caught, I, I think he gets caught enough. That if the fight goes long, he will probably end up losing it. So I'm backing him to win win this early enough here. And I think that's how he'll get it done. Whether it's, you know, getting into the ground or getting a, you know, a, a big knockout or whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. But, you know, he's 34 years of age. So this is maybe his last chance, I suppose, to, <clears throat> to climb... To climb the mountain again, finding his hometown as well, you know, against the, the younger 27-year-old guy, you know, he's the 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 soldier and all of that, you know, so they'll, they'll, obviously they'll, they'll love kind of playing up to that and everything, but um, it's it's a very interesting fight. It's a striker versus striker fight, but like that power striker against maybe the technical striker, and I'm... I'm back in the power striker here. I just think he's going to be a little bit too quick. I think Humberger's a slow starter. Um, and not, it's not even a, no. That's 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 not maybe fair to say. I think he's just a slow fighter, but by design. And I think it's going to be maybe the um, uh, the, the 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 I don't know the lesson learned today, one way or another. I think speed kills, and I think um, uh, Mikalski's speed is just going to be too much for him. And I think he's going to win. I think he's going to knock him out with a big. You know, a big left hook or a big right hand maybe early. And uh, at plus 175, I really like that. I really, really, really like that. Um, the other bet then from KSW is in the main event, and it's Jack of Wishlack at minus 150. Um, let me just make sure that's the uh, updated price for you there. I believe it is. And indeed it is, yeah. Um, so, again, if you want to hear my full breakdown of this, please uh, check out the uh, the preview that I have done over on uh, on the YouTube page which you are probably at right now or uh spotify or anywhere there um this is the fourth fight between the, the two of these vishlak is two one up um one of the fights was outside of ksw so they're one one in ksw and that's why the trilogy is happening um this is for the bantamweight championship and it's a very very interesting fight because <clears throat> the previous three fights have been very different fights the last one very much vishlak uh, winning the um, wrestling. The previous fights, I would say um, Sebastian Pibish had some success in the wrestling, while also uh, Wishlack having success in the wrestling. Um, but it was on the feet where Pibish landed, you know, his best work. Very good shots with to the body and all of that. Where he got the finish in, in the uh, the fight that uh, that he ended up winning. If I'm not mistaken, I'm just checking it here. And that, that that is true. Yes, uh, yeah, he got the punches to the body back in 2020, and the last fight was in 2022, where the the takedowns for Vishlak won. But 
if you if you go back and watch all three of those fights, there was there was a lot of different things at a lot of different times, right? There was three, two fights where it was like Rockham Sock and Robots one minute, takedown and my one guy another minute, takedown by the other guy another minute, one guy winning defeat in one minute, the other guy winning defeat the next minute, right? And I think that all kind of changed in the last fight. Now, I wonder what will change in this fight. But how it changed in the last fight is, I think Pimish became too um, happy to have that sort of fight. And Vishak was like, no, I'm not having that sort of fight. I'm having a wrestling match. And I'm going to take you down. I'm going to dominate you. And he won because of that, right? So Pimish... um, will need to find a way of doing the same thing. And I don't think he can. I don't think he can kind of dominate it on the feet uh, the way that um, his opponent can dominate it on the ground. I really don't. Vishak is too good of a grappler. He's too good at sweeps. He's too good at trips. He's too good on top control. And uh, Sebastian's too willing to grapple. And I think it's because of that past success. Now, maybe he watched the last fight and go, look, I can't make that mistake again. I'm going to have to keep it on the feet. But what I just said... I think it's going to stop him from doing that. Um, and that's the winner of the fight. And that's simple enough for me. I think Vishlak is going to get the takedowns. Um, and I think he's going to get on top. And I think he's going to win this again and, and in this uh, series of fights. So, yeah, there you go. Right. Next bet here. Back to the UFC and to the main event. I'm going for uh, I'm going for Valentina Shashinko to win. Um as you can hear, my voice is a little bit hoarse. And what's the reason I did that? I just did another show. I did I did the rewatch over in Severe May, which I haven't done in a while. And uh, what I do there is I go back and I kind of commentate over the fights. And it's up on our Patreon if you want to hear it. It'll be out uh, on Thursday. Um, and I watch back the whole fight and kind of not, not you know, don't look at it from, you know, no commentary on. Not talking about bets. Not talking, uh, you know, no emotion in it. You're not talking about the judging. Even Just kind of look at the, the analytics and how the fight went. And after doing that, I find it very hard not to pick Valentina Shashinko. Like you, I find it very hard not to watch back that fight and think she just got caught. Because it wasn't as if Valentina Shashinko was dominating, by no means dominating. But she was by no means getting dominated or in trouble either until the very last 20 seconds. You know, um... Grasso was landing some combinations, probably more than most other people would land on her. You know, she was giving her a bit of trouble with her pressure and her speed, but not enough to make me pick her in a, in a rematch. You know, now things will be different. It won't be the exact same fight, granted. But like, what is Grasso actually going to do here? The she couldn't jab her the last time just like one shot or one shot with the usually left hand because she fought out a southpaw lot but she was switching stances she wasn't really landing the one shot her combinations were good were her best part but the problem with the combinations is the more she threw them the more she got taken down so every time she was throwing her third combination after maybe landing one shot out of nine she was then getting taken down and she'd spend three minutes on the ground every single time the, and that's the combinations through pressure. Shevchenko was landing her jab when she wanted coming forward. Um, she was able to land the one shot that Grasso wasn't. Um, the biggest issue for Shevchenko is she wasn't able to win the clinch. And now she didn't necessarily lose the clinch, but usually Shevchenko gets a big 
throw, gets a head and arm choke, lands on top from the can. She didn't do that once in the fight. Every takedown she got was from um uh Grasso coming in and she was countering the pressure and the combinations with jumping underneath and getting the takedown every single time. So Shevchenko was met with a problem and solved it in the middle of the fight. Right? She threw a wheel kick, she gave up her back, she got choked out. Is that gonna happen again? Uh I, I very much doubt it. I very, very much doubt it. She's minus one seven five. I think she'd have to be a lot bigger. You know, let me just check Grasso's price here, but I think that price would have to be a lot bigger for me to even think about. After after going back and watching it, you know, with a very, you know, and i not taken away by bias of like, we're looking at a long reign of champion here against, ah, oh, it's a challenger who's no hope type of thing. You know, that's uh, like, even if we, you know, we don't have that bias as in like, um, you know, oh, I want this person to win. But the bias in terms of like how we watch fights, I, I really think, uh, I really think watching it without that, it's, Shevchenko was, was, well, she wasn't much better than her, but she was better than her. You know, and I'm looking at some places here. One place has Shevchenko minus 157. I think that's crazy. She's minus, she's actually gone out to, gone into minus 170 now. So I'm into minus 170, not even minus 175 anymore. I think that's such a great price. And I said I'd take the Grasso price. Grasso plus 140 in that place. The biggest price I'm seeing on her here is plus 188. But I don't think you could take Grasso at that. I really, really don't think you could take Grasso at that price whatsoever. Some of the props, while we're at it, we'll just look at some of the props. Grasso by submission again, plus 350. Uh, Shevchenko by submission Maybe if she can get a takedown again I could see it happening But plus 600 I do like Shevchenko to win by decision um, It is plus uh, 175 Not the biggest price But I do like her just in general to win By a, by a submission um, The overs aren't great prices here So yeah you're, the, the fight to go to a decision Minus 125 I think that's going to happen Even though it was finished the last time I, I don't think that's going to happen This Like really if you go back and watch that finish Go back and watch the fight like it's very much a shock finish. Like it's, it's not how the fight was going at all, you know. So to may and as I said, right, maybe the fight will go a totally different way. Maybe Grasso will have learned so much and gotten so much confidence from that fight. She takes away and she destroys Shevchenko, or maybe Shevchenko will go back and look at that and go, "I'm just going to take her down, take her down, take her down, and beat her up on the ground even more and submit her now." You know, either of those things can happen, and I think. I think it's going to be the latter, and I think Shevchenko will win, and I think she'll win at a canter, to be honest. I think she'll win handily. Uh, and right, the last bet of the week. This is one as well, the price has kind of changed on it, but I'm going for Jack de la Maddalena to win by decision here. Um, he is plus 400 to win by decision. I see a couple of places have it plus 350. Um, I, look, I'll give it plus 350 because that's, the, that, that's what most places have it. Not the biggest... Not the biggest one in the world, but I, I like that. And I, I, I think it's, you know, three and a half to one. I think anyone will take that as a flyer. I think in that fight, obviously he's fighting, um, he's fighting Kevin Holland. I just think sometimes when you get into a fight like that, and it's maybe the opposite to the first fight we talked about, that the guy, and it's not even the opposite to that, because I think if you look at Delamedini and Holland, they're two really, really athletic guys. One taller 
faster, maybe, and not necessarily even faster, but faster in a way. And then uh, Della Maddalena, who is fast twitch, kind of, um, you know, a little bit shorter, a little bit, you know, stouter, if you want to put it that way. And not quite, he's not quite Sean Brady now, but, you know, a, a, a small bit anyway. Um, I just think when a fight like that happens, and maybe that advantage is taken away from either of them. So, like, let's say Della Maddalena has um, uh, an athletic advantage over most people, right? Uh um, Kevin Holland has an athletic advantage over most people so when it comes to you're fighting another guy with that advantage and neither of you have that advantage it's going to come down to the technique I think and that's that's the type of fight I love two athletic guys who can go out and both do the athletic things and then the technique will win now some, maybe some people say maybe I'm over and I've spoken to my, my guy, uh, Harry Powell, about this, and I, I think he, he loves Jack de la Maddalena, but I think he thinks maybe I'm overestimating Jack de la Maddalena's uh, athletic prowess, but I do, I do think it's very good, to be honest. I really, really do. Um, but with that said, I think he is the better technical fighter than Kevin Holland. I think he is a really good boxer. His combination striking is beautiful. He just, I think he can really do it all. I really, really do. And I like it's one of the, it's one of those fights where Kevin Holland will come out there and he will land his shots. He will be confident, and he could get he could get the finish right. He absolutely could get the finish. But if he doesn't, I think Della Maddalena is going to figure him out. The longer the fight goes, he's going to get maybe he'll throw in a takedown. Maybe he'll maybe he'll switch up something that Kevin Holland hasn't seen before. He will land those combinations, and his combinations are always so good. And I think kind of the guy like the guy who's more of like a um a feel guy, a guy who's more of uh you know uh you know throw it out there and we'll see what lands. I, 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 and you know maybe that's a little bit unfair, but compared to Della Medellin, I think that's fair. I think the guy who has that technical advantage will be the winner of the fight, and that's why I'm going for Della Medellin. And I think it will be a decision. I don't think he get the finish. I think he's going to decision, and that's my fire of the week. All right, we've run through most of the the big fights there. Let's r- run through a few more of the the prices. Um, Raul Rosas and Terence Mitchell. I would be avoiding this bet. He's minus 700 and some blesses. Raul Rosas still, I don't know, he's a good fighter and he's he's going to get better. But like the last time out, obviously he showed issues. I couldn't back him at that price. Terrence Mitchell at plus 500. I don't know if he's good enough to back at that price either, but we'll see on that. Uh, Gagas and Zell Huber. Uh, Zell Huber the favorite. Uh, plus, sorry, yeah. The, uh, no, the underdog plus 210. The favorite is Zell Huber at uh, minus uh, 275 uh, Padilla and uh, Nelson Nelson the big underdog there at plus 205 minus 265 for Padilla um, elsewhere the straight up Jez Davicius and Cortez Price as we said minus 110 each Josh Fremd is the underdog Plus 215, minus 275 for Kapilov. I do like Kapilov there in that one. Lupi Godinez, I do like her, but she's minus 450, plus 333 for Elise Reed uh, there. And, uh, yeah, look, there's a, there's a lot of uh, lot of big prices there. The Knutson is a big favourite as well. Sharnot is coming in from uh, Marnik Man. Uh, so, yeah, lots of big there. On KSW, I said it on the, on the preview show, but the biggest favourite here on KSW uh, is plus 210. And that is the Milan uh, Zrandic fight against Marius Zoniak. That's massive. Like, so, um, 
Uh, we, I talked through a lot of the betting on that, but just a couple here that I want to uh, I want to talk about. Henry Felipe is fighting Arthur Spisniak. Uh He's plus one twenty. Oh, I'm gonna be a bit a bit bit of Irish bias here, but Henry has been winning fights. You know, he's not supposed to win over the last while. And if you're giving me plus one twenty in a relatively even fight, that's that's going to be a barn burner of a fight. Uh, do you know what? If he was. If Arthur was the, the underdog here, I'd probably back Arthur. But the fact Henry is the underdog, plus 120, I think I'd go for him in that one. And the Lomali um, SQ fight against David uh, Samilski. Um, Lomali is the uh, favourite, minus 167. And I do think I like him at that, David, uh, plus 125. Victor Peshta as well, people know him from yeah, the UFC and PFL. He's minus 150, plus 120 for his opponent, Philip Stawowski. And... Uh, <sighs> Probably go for the underdog in that one again. So, um, yeah, that's it. I will leave it there. Just a quick recap of the bets again. Trace Cardez plus one, uh, sorry, minus 110. Uh, Mikhail Mikalski over at KSW, whose name I pronounce perfectly, plus 175. Jack of Vishlak minus 150. Pantina Shevchenko at minus 170. And a plus 350. The flyer of the week is Jack Della Maddalena to win by decision. All right, everyone, please bet responsibly. Let me know your bet. Your best bet for this week in the comment section down below. My name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com and I'll see you all next time.